Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Are you in fashion? fashion? This shop is really important because customers do want to be able to come in and experience exactly what you're trying to do. Super fun, irreverent. You don't sort of advertise and print or anything. It's literally us on Instagram. You know, I'm selling to definitely a younger audience. Mm, That's lovely, isn't it? So what, do you invite people to come and wash their hands? Yeah, they say, what's it like? And yes, that's me washing my hands in a clothing boutique. My heels are killing me. But at least my hands are clean. And boy, do they smell good. Hi, I'm Sonia Sly, and this is My Heels Are Killing Me, a podcast that looks inside the fashion industry. And this week, I'm shopping for answers. Or maybe the key to survival at a time when brick-and-mortar stores all around the world are closing down. So my question in this episode is, are brick-and-mortar retail stores still relevant? And then just down from that is uh, Flotsam and Jetsam. Really character-filled, really beautiful kind of independent retail along the strip. Okay. So so in terms of the shop front? I mean, and this got... is Simon Pound, Managing Director and Co-Founder of Women's Wear Label Ingrid Starnes. And we're in Auckland. Dried floral arrangement. Yeah, so that dried floral arrangement is from um, Nina Phil Flowers, who is uh, Ingrid's cousin and just does the most magical uh, flower arrangements. Yeah, there is the original tile on this um, store that when we moved in, we actually peeled off a layer of plastic that was obscuring it. And then we've got a big print on the window to announce the new season that's in store. Along with a couple of tresses in the window. Then we move into the store, I mean, because this is all about the customer experience. I mean, so you've got this kind of this brass sort of overhang. Yeah, yeah. Are they real plants? Yes, they are. They're um, they're beautiful Hoya that um, we got from our friend Xanthi White, who we've um, collaborated with a lot in the past, who's a wonderful landscape designer. We make um, fragrance and cosmetic goods as well. So we have these lovely hand wash that um, has the fragrance from our perfume in it. And so we actually installed a bench kind of set up with a big copper basin and a granite uh, bench top. And actually does that basin work? I'm just having to go go over here and run the taps because it's not something you'd ordinarily find in a clothing store. You'll have to try the hand cleanser. Turn it off if you like. The allure of the beautiful hand basin was too much to resist in its stunning surrounds, but it does feel kind of odd washing my hands in the middle of a beautiful clothing boutique. But I guess in today's retail environment, a point of difference is everything, and diversifying is also something that many brands are doing in order to provide an offering and way for people to buy into a brand through lifestyle products, smaller accessories, and in this case... Beautiful toiletries. Okay, okay. I'm getting the full Ingrid stance um, experience here. Oh yeah, so we, we made this perfume a few years ago because we love perfume. Where are these produced? Yeah, we make these in New Zealand from um, from oils that come from overseas. Adding those other products, what does that do for the the average person kind of walking in? Are you, are you likely to find that 
if the clothes aren't right, then you like you're like direct them right here to the perfume, or how does it work? Maybe, but we kind of just made it because we really love perfume. It was a really fun process, and then we found one that we really loved. So we made the soap because that was a really um, lovely way to be able to test the fragrance if you weren't getting a, a bottle of it. And then from the soap, it was really natural to make a hand cream. And then from the hand cream, it was really natural to make a liquid one. So we just kind of filled out the story of it as we went, but in a very um, hard-nosed business decision. And yeah, with the candles, like... They're gigantic candles. That's a gigantic candle, Wow, yeah. okay. Yeah. We used to make that with a place called Studio Ceramics, who were a ceramic studio where a lot of the kind of knowledge of Crown Lynn ended up. And so the last mould maker who was working at Crown Lynn actually cast the relief for us but they've since gone under and so now we have got these beautiful um candles and candle boxes and no way to make them anymore around the walls are large editorial style campaign images from the current and previous collections the ponsonby store isn't particularly big yet it's not overcrowded it's inviting intimate unintimidating and elegant There is a thoughtfulness in design and quality of craftsmanship. And like the Changing Seasons collections, the decor changes along with it. That wall changes colour with the seasons. Uh, The curtains change. Do you think there's an expectation from customers that the interior should change? Or do you think it should be something that they kind of don't obviously notice? It's more for us than anything else, I think, to keep things um, fresh and to, yeah, to match the the season's clothes. Do you look to what retailers are doing overseas in terms of, like, how they're creatively setting up their spaces to kind of, like, say, reinvigorate the way you guys think about your space? Yeah, we, we travel a lot and see a lot of great retail around the world, and that's always really inspiring. I think you're kind of you're not just in your own home market anymore because people are following on their Instagram the best international labels and the best of your contemporaries and so you are living in a very global environment and so uh, it, it certainly matters what people are doing overseas and you don't just have to peg yourself to the best people around you but you have to be trying to do what you do as well as you can to that like international standard. What have you found that has been the success of Ingrid Starnes and the physical stores at a time when some stores are going into liquidation, like you know, Andrew Moore top, and Top Shops shut down? We're quite different businesses to both of those, but this shop is really important because customers do want to be able to come in and experience exactly what you're trying to do by having... Uh, the whole collection available by having the imagery we make, by having kind of the plants and the the fittings that you want. You tell that whole story of your brand, and if people like it, they've got a place to really experience that. What is the Ingrid Starnes experience online? How does that correlate to what you see around in the physical store? It's it's all totally consistent, because most of what you see are pictures of the clothes and um, pictures that we make uh, for the campaigns and the like. Uh, So, yeah, it's one one experience the whole way through. After eight years in the business, Simon has noticed a change in consumer habits. It's reflective of what's happening in technology and the digital world that's become so much part of our everyday life. When we started, I think people went shopping um, a lot more by actually physically going to a shopping district. So if you had a big occasion in your life coming up, you might go to Ponsonby and hit the streets and try and find that dress that you wanted. And I think that the way people shop now, and this isn't everyone, but you know we've observed it in quite a few of our customers... Um, is that people are kind of always shopping. They don't 
hit the shops just to see what's out there, uh, they first see things that they're interested in on their Instagram or their Facebook, and they might be on the bus or at home in bed, and, and then they, they see something they like, and they'll jump on the website, and they'll have a look at it, and then they might head into the store to touch and feel it if they need to, in a really purposeful way, so they kind of plan a visit, and they have a real goal in mind, and so then they either buy it then, or they think about it and then buy it online later or they wait till it goes on sale and grab it then and so the store is still like this really important central home for retail and it's a place where people can come and meet your great team and have a great experience and get recommended things Uh, and it's the place where the stock lives and where e-commerce orders are sent out of and it's the place where the e-commerce is updated and the like and and all of your Instagram um, content is sent out from But it's not just uh, uh, bricks and mortar and it's not just online. They really work together. Until recently, Ingrid Starnes had three stores in Auckland until their new market boutique burnt down. But it doesn't appear to have set them back. Now what the brand has going for it in spades is quality of construction, design and fabrication, plus local production. And with a global shift in thinking that demands transparency in the production process, this is key for Ingrid Starnes. This is Nicole and this is Ingrid over here. This is Sonia from Radio New Zealand. How are you going? So this is the sampling room and so... Ingrid and her team have just, um, they're just finishing the process of sampling the next season, so it's all been super hectic in here. And so this store has a really great character, and having the workroom and having Ingrid um, behind the store means that she's able to talk with customers all day, hear what people are saying about the clothes, and that all feeds into making something that people are looking for. Do you think people want more of a personal touch? Well, for some people, I think that's, that's really great. I mean, the reason that you shop at a brand like Ingrid Stance is because you care about local production and beautiful materials and beautiful cut. And so knowing that there's actually uh, the designer working here and connected to the store is really part of that. Like, people do buy it for that connection, I think. Ingrid Starnes has been in business for eight years with 16 collections behind them, but it's no mean feat for a label that launched just as the global financial crisis hit. Yeah, um, we didn't know any better really and when we launched we um, shared retail in order to because retail is such an important part of knowing your customer finding out what they like being available for them if they need to you know quickly grab something before a big event yeah and to be able to tell your story and so we always wanted to be able to do that at first we shared the store with Miss Crab over the road uh, and that was fantastic because then you share energy and you um, do events together and it's a really great way to get in front of people. So what's the thinking for Ingrid Stans as they make their way to the future? Any retail store that's got its own point of difference that really knows what it's trying to do and sell something that is differentiated uh, has a future. And so as long as you have beautiful experiences and really care about your customers and giving them the kind of clothes that they want and have a strong point of view and really stick to it, then there's room. People love shopping. People are always going to love shopping. Who is the current Ingrid Stans customer? A wide variety of, of great Ingrid Stance customers, but something that's kind of common across them is that they care about the quality of the clothes, they care about the aesthetics, they care about the exclusivity of them and that they aren't some kind of generic product. They, they know the impact of their decisions, uh, which you don't always know when you purchase from big international brands. They care about beautiful things, and so we, we try to make things that they care about.
with this sort of type of retail, there's like an undertone of sort of conscious consumer, which is a focus. It's just very inherent with sort of working with small-scale brands as opposed to sort of being like a, a fair trade store. This is Prague. I'm the owner of Precinct 35, a um, homewares and gallery store here on Gusney Street. In Wellington. We've been here since April 2015, so just coming up three years. The fact that I'm dealing with each maker of these sort of brands makes it very sort of conscious and ethical. On a selling perspective, it's a point of difference that customers and my staff and myself can sort of relate to. As I walk into Precinct 35, I move through a cafe and right at the back of the store is a gallery space. The store in itself is spacious, with well-curated products that have a Scandi feel about them. And I think if I was to purchase something from here, I'd feel kind of wholesome about it. Well, the best sort of label is kind of a lifestyle store. Like, you are trying to sort of promote a certain way of living. That's why we do sort of stock a range of ceramics to tableware to clothing to soft furnishing. You know, everything kind of is quite interrelated. Yeah, 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 which is is kind of strange in in a way. And... I guess for New Zealand, it is quite like a... Almost Danish a, sort of... Yeah, thing. yeah, definitely that sort of um, art of slow living, I guess. So that, that's why I try and sort of invoke a bit of a gallery feel to it, so each, each object has a bit of space to breathe, and, like it's coexisting space. As you can sort of currently hear, like there's that, that clinking of cups. It's a diffuser for like a retail space. With retail, you do sort of... You kind of feel like you're encroaching, you're sort of, you know, you're sort of tiptoeing around the space, but... We also run a gallery as well. Because, I mean, even with, OK, and even have that hollow, echoey sound that a gallery would yeah, have. Yeah. So at the moment we've got um, a really good show on by Billy Cooley. She's a young Hawke's Bay-based artist. Yeah, she's 23, which is, which is great. And we, that's what we sort of um, generally try and sort of focus on with this gallery space, a lot of young, emerging artists. In this day and age, you need to sort of offer something over and above just a traditional retail experience mm-hmm. to sort of exist. You're, you're competing with literally... Everyone. Everyone, like, you know, it's... Um, so you've got literally that, everything here. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, so on that, on that like, <laughs> on a risk um, perspective, like, the more you offer, the better. Well, just pop out here because you've got quite a few customers coming in now. I mean, with the likes of Instagram as well, you know, kind of like the filters of like lifestyle and fashion mm. and the fusion of art and amongst all of that, that has amalgamated as well. And coming in here doesn't feel that foreign because you see those worlds sitting side by exactly. side through social totally. media. Like, um, for us, it is literally our, our biggest channel of like engaging with the customers, new and existing. We don't sort of advertise and printer and I think it's literally us, us, us on Instagram. It works in both ways of sort of engaging with customers and also new brands as well. It's literally like an online gift fair these days. Like you can sort of, you find new makers and you sort of e-meet people and you swap products and it's revolutionary to sort of the, the impact that sort of had on small businesses like this. Fashion and, you know, what people want, it kind of changes pretty quickly, mm. right? Yeah. So... How do you keep up with that kind of pace? With us, we're trying to sort of be as less seasonal as possible, like buying once, buying well. So tries to go against the idea of fast fashion. I mean, you see it in garments, you see it in, like, whether it's homewares or whatever, it's, it's embodied and we're trying to sort of 
producers an offering. And so, you know, we've stocked some of the same things for the last three years, you know, wow. which, is, which is awesome. And it's turning out to be a successful strategy? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, still here. So. <laughs> yeah. but, um, and what's the label, that the clothing label that you stock? Clay, which is a brand by Kirsten McClay, based up in Auckland. She does a range of jackets, sort of like unisex jackets for us, oh, and which are really nice. On. And they're sort of canvas work jackets, which are really yeah, nice. They're actually quite beautiful. Mm. Her daughter Hannah actually sources a lot of the canvas from India. We were her first stockers in New Zealand, and to date, her only stockers here one. And great. does being exclusive make a difference? Oh, I think so. You definitely kind of works hand in hand with us, sort of being kind of quite small and working with smaller scale brands that they don't really want to take on sort of several several stores and brands, they just want to fit into someone else who, who fits their sort of offering as well. So, And do you worry about what's happening in the retail environment? Personally here in, in Wellington and on the street Guzney, we've seen a huge growth with new spaces opening, like small sort of boutique offerings of Ina across the road, Corley, Dilly Ponies... Now, service depots just opened up, so there is, there is like a bit of a retail hub here, which is great. And the, the more you're sort of known as a, as a destination shopping area, the better. I'm pretty confident in what we're trying to, what we're trying to do and offer, and, and think the Wellington market responds reasonably well to it. But in saying that, there's, there's always more avenues for growth, and, and we're looking to always looking to explore those, which is yeah, which is exciting for the next couple of years ahead. I'm Rose from Muma. Muma is an online store selling jewellery and other things that women like, essentially. It's been running since June last year. I've done some pop-ups prior to that. I run things out of my house, and it's great. Okay. I love it. Otherwise, what's the reason for not like opening a bricks and mortar store? Because I've seen other places open and close. I've looked at the overheads, and I actually am also a graphic designer, and I like the idea that I can keep running these two businesses parallel. I don't have to employ lots of people. I just don't have those overheads. What are the advantages, do you think, of having just an online store? Online, you know, the marketing is key. Social media is key. I probably expect that I would spend a lot more time on that than someone with a brick-and-mortar store. You just don't have that foot traffic. I'm selling to definitely a younger audience, and Instagram's been key for me in getting the word out there and... Instagram, I think, works a little bit like word of mouth. You know, you get people promoting you and mentioning you and tagging you. That's the way to go is really getting a buzz going. Okay, and just a stone's throw down the road is a store called The Service Depot. Now, they actually used to be probably a couple of blocks away and they've shifted to what is now a bit of a hub, I guess, on the side of Wellington. But actually, there's a whole bunch of cool new shops here. Nice to see you. Yeah. You too. Yeah. How's the, new, the new shop's looking great. Yeah, thanks. So, it's exciting. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Can you talk this is Angela Gordon from Wellington Boutique, The Service Depot. We're just changing through into new season. All the collections are just starting to come through now, which is cool. 69 Dinner. And that's a US brand. Yeah, they're LA based. Super fun, yeah. irreverent. Yeah. Lots of sort of oversized yeah. denim, yeah. Yeah. exaggerated yeah. shapes. And yeah. what, what was it about that brand that particularly caught your eye? Her cuts are amazing. They're oversized, but they're really, like, well-considered and thought through. It's also that whole non-gender, non-demographic 
take on fashion, which I really, really appreciate about what they do, because that's a big thing for them, you know. Service Depot has been one of the stores in Wellington that has really supported a lot of new designers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. From the beginning, always looking for new new little labels to pick up. And what sets a store apart is that it stocks edgy garments from designers, including... Oh, you know, Jimmy D, Layla... Nomdi, Otsu. Brands that have been around for a, a, a bit, so yeah. they've had time to kind of develop their yeah. aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, they're really strong. You know, you know every season their collections would just be really strong, really solid. The design work's really spot on. The Service Depot has been around for how long? Eight years now. Right. Yeah, so we opened in Lombard Street in a little warehouse there, and then we moved to Wakefield Street after about two years, I think. So we've been there till up till now. So what was the decision to move from the other space? And the other space that was on... Wakefield, Wakefield Street. Wakefield Street. Yeah. That featured in... The Creative Shopkeeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Creative Shopkeeper is a book that explores unique creative retail spaces around the world. Yeah, that was a really fun project working with Lucy Johnson out of London. She's curated a number of books... You know, an interesting cultural writer. So we had to sort of pull lots of information and images and things from our archives about lots of events that we've done. And uh, she was focusing on our windows and how we've used the windows and what we've done with that in the store. And Um, what were you doing with the windows at the time? You know, different installations we've done, you know, runway shows, live-to-air music. Has this all been for you about reinvigorating the market for your own, you know, enjoyment or like, you know... Absolutely, yeah. It's all about just working with the people that we love. Most of the designers are all good friends and having fun with all of that, bringing it together and having a space to be able to, you know, play around and do all those things. Because the space is always been a bit more like a gallery? I've always tried to set it up so it's had versatility so that we can do different types of events in the store, have art installations, music, whatever it is that is sort of relevant for the moment. And yeah. that's going to be the same for this yeah, store? Absolutely. Well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, excited about the windows here. Like, we've got so much space. All the racks are um, on wheels so you can, yeah. can reconfigure yeah, them. Totally. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the theme behind the fit out? Or what was your vision? Oh, just working with the space in terms of it's really light, it's really open, keeping it really versatile with being able to move it around. And there is a lot more light in here than yeah. your previous yeah, 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 store, yeah, yeah. which yeah. had a sort of darker, moody yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of feel. But I feel like the store's a bit moodier, even though it's a lot lighter. I don't know and why. It's, it's funny. funny. I mean, actually yeah. entering this space and just hearing the kind of music, yeah. you def- it definitely sets a specific kind of atmosphere yeah, the minute absolutely. you walk in. Yeah. Like you are walking into a scene or a, a situation that is that has its own signature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty special that you were included in the creative shop. Yeah, store, it was. I, I was amazed. I mean, I was really just so humbled because there were some really beautiful stores in there that I really like personally. So I was I was like, wow, this is yeah, amazing. Yeah, only New Zealand store. Yeah, yeah. And I still actually haven't managed to find out from Lucy how she tracked us down. <laughs> so, yeah. It says something about your ability to keep things fresh and interesting yeah. in a marketplace that is kind of changing dramatically. Yeah. You know, we just do what we do. Our designers are really strong. Creatively, it seems like it's just natural for you to want to do things differently. You know, it's just nice and organic, you know. Every season things are changing and, you know, having a new space is great. Just sort of being excited about, you know, what we can do here. 
That was Ange Gordon from Wellington Boutique. For Service Depot, you also heard Rose from online store Mooma, Prague from Precinct 35, and Simon Pound from Ingrid Starnes in Auckland. And you've been listening to My Heels Are Killing Me, presented and produced by me, Sonia Sly, and this episode was engineered by Jason McClelland. Now, the book mentioned in the podcast is called The Creative Shopkeeper by Lucy Johnston. It's full of beautiful imagery from independent retailers around the world and, yes, includes the service depot. You can find a link to the book on our RNZ My Heels Are Killing Me page and we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast either on Apple Podcasts, formerly iTunes, Podbeam, Stitcher, Radio Public or wherever you get your podcasts. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.